Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Dave Walker, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield. Evan, how you doing, man? I am doing well. Um, somehow it's already uh, practically Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, it feels like it was just Halloween, so time is flying. But yeah, um, got a fun little matchup this weekend of two struggling teams. So let's uh, <laughs> talk about it. Let's do that. The As you mentioned, the Falcons... Uh, are back after a little mini buy, uh, having played a Thursday night football game uh, against the Patriots, which we will not recap. Uh, <laughs> they head south to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Um, and for the first time in a while, this feels like a matchup where going in, the Falcons should be the favorite, um, even though the odds makers have this as basically break even, which is sort of a sad statement of where the Falcons are right now. Um, I think the Falcons are a one point uh, favorite, which to be fair on the road means you're more like a a three or four point favorite, Um, but they are a favorite over the Jacksonville Jaguars who are two and eight uh, first year under uh, former uh, Ohio state coach uh, urban Meyer. Uh, They had been grinding it out uh, down in Jacksonville. Um, yeah, that was a bad joke. And <laughs> their two wins have come against the Miami Dolphins, uh, which is also another struggling franchise. But then amazingly, several weeks ago, they beat the Buffalo Bills 9-6 to six, um, in a game that no one expected to turn out that way. Um, so what? what's your quick take on this matchup, Evan? Do you feel pretty good about the Falcons' chances going into this one? Um, yeah, I mean, this might be their second, uh, not easy. I don't want to say easy cause it's never easy with the Falcons, but their second, like, um, more likely win of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, just starting off the season, we knew the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to be a struggling team, but, um, somehow they beat the bills. But aside from that, it's kind of went to script. I think, yeah. um, they're just not playing good football, especially on offense and that's kind of expected. I mean, they're they're a new regime too with Urban Meyer, um, and they also have a rookie quarterback who, you know, I I know a lot of people aren't talk, talking highly of him right now and stuff. Being the number one pick, though, you know, it, it's never a sure thing that you're going to come out of the gate just hot. Um, Peyton Manning, and I'm not comparing him to Peyton Manning. I don't know how Trevor Lawrence is going to pan out, but Peyton Manning didn't start off being you know what we know of Peyton Manning now. Um, he started off rough in Indianapolis. So, you know, he's, he's learning the position still, um, at the professional level and, you know, fortunate for him, this, you know, the Falcons have a thing of making opposing quarterbacks (laughs) look good. And that's been a script throughout the entire season. Um, 
So, I mean, would it surprise me if Trevor Lawrence comes out on Sunday and puts up three touchdowns and 300 yards against the Falcons? It would not. It would, it would make me a little sad, um, (laughs) but I kind of expect it. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not optimistic, um, but I'm also not pessimistic. I'm just kind of going to watch this game and see what happens at this point, because my emotions have have left for the season. It's pretty much just like let's see what this team can kind of do in the last couple of games. Yeah, because I think with Atlanta, like we we know they're not a good team. They don't belong in the playoffs, even if they're technically still in a position to sneak in. Um, the fact that we're even talking about them playing the Jacksonville Jaguars and it being like, oh, I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> pretty much tells you like all you need to know. Like this ain't a really good team. And I'm talking about the Falcons, but also the Jaguars. <laughs> so um, whoever comes out of this, uh, the victor, if it's the Jaguars, like they're going to feel good. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine how awful it's? I mean, it's already at a low point when you're when you're being outscored oh, like three to sixty eight in the last two games. But those were against decent teams. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, like the Falcons, have a, a lot more, I think, riding on this game than the Jaguars. If Jaguars lose, yes. it's like, oh, okay, well. We'll get them next week. The Falcons, oh my goodness. It, it, it will not be pretty in Atlanta. It'll be the weeping and gnashing of teeth in Atlanta if we cannot <laughs> beat the Jags. Because I think a lot of Falcons fans have penciled in the Jaguars and the Lions, as you mentioned, as the next two wins for this team. Um, and I even said on the last podcast, I feel like they could maybe sneak one more win out of the rest of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, and that still puts him at seven and 10, which is not, I mean, for a first year coach, uh, it's not the end of the world. So, um, yeah, let's talk about the Jags and that offense. You mentioned Trevor Lawrence, um, 10 games in, he is completing just 58.4% of his passes, 2,141 yards, uh, eight touchdowns, nine interceptions, um, for a passer rating of 72.8, uh, which is not particularly good. And again, yeah. like you said, I think there has been ridiculous expectations put on rookie quarterbacks over the Mm -hmm. years. And when they have a season like this, uh, instead of viewing it through the proper lens of, Hey, this is part of his development. uh, You know, we just need to see if he gets better over time, what he looks like in year two and year three. Um, It it seems like these days it's, Oh my God, he's a bust. Uh, Clearly this guy was the wrong pick at number one, which is sort of ridiculous. This guy has clearly has talent. Um, and as you mentioned, the Falcons defense may finally make him look like a pro bowler, <laughs> but uh, he, he leads the charge for this Jaguars offense. And I'll tell you this, the, the thing that kind of surprised me, he's been sacked 19 times this year. Matt Ryan has been sacked 20 times. So it's not like uh, he has the greatest offensive line, but he actually has some decent pieces on that. Well, they've got uh, veteran pardon me, uh, Andrew Norwell in at guard, um, mm. who is, you know, he's a, a steady force in the middle. Uh, they've got, I believe, Cam Robinson at left tackle. Uh, he's still, you know, not cutting it as a run blocker, but still, you know, does a fairly good job in pass blocking. Um, there may be some opportunities for the Falcons to disrupt this offensive line, uh, but maybe more so from the fact that Lawrence as a young quarterback is probably holding on to the ball too long. Um, and of course we were talking about the Falcons defensive front, which last I checked, uh, oh yeah, they're dead last in the league in sacks. <laughs> um, so not a great look. Um, however, 
The Jaguars are 31st in scoring. They've only scored 20 or more points three times out of their 10 games. Um, so as you mentioned, this is a bad offense. Mm-hmm. But when you look at this offense, uh, Evan, what stands out to you? Who, who are some of the players you think the Falcons need to watch out for? I think the key is James Robinson. Um, yeah. If you play fantasy football, he's been an underrated player. He was a former undrafted running back uh, for the Jaguars two years ago. Um, he's just efficient. Um, he hasn't had a lot of play this year, um, but he has 112 carries, 560 yards, seven touchdowns. He's averaging 5.1 yards per carry. Um, I think he's somebody to watch. He, he's had two rushing touchdowns in the last two weeks, seven, as I mentioned, on the season. Um, so if, if he can get the, if they can get the run game going with James Robinson and then mixing in like Carlos Hyde, uh, for like a change of pace sometimes, um, I think it's going to be a tough day for Atlanta. Another guy they used, um, quite often is Jamal Agnew, who mm-hmm. you can kind of pencil him in as like a Cordero Patterson light, but he's on injured reserve and has done for the season. Um, so you might see more like LaVisca Sinault, um, Marvin Jones is their best receiver through the air, even though they don't necessarily use him that often. He's only got 42 catches so far, um, but he's got the most catches on their team. So, yeah, those are kind of the key players for the Jaguars. And then also Dan Arnold, who's um, they traded for, uh, I believe, from Carolina. He's uh, he's done well since they traded for him. Um, so. Yeah, that's a receiving tight end. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, 315 yards this year. No touchdowns, though, interestingly. Um, yeah. it, as you mentioned, Marvin Jones, 486 yards for them this year. Uh, three touchdowns. Uh, LaVisca Cheneau, uh, who is their slot receiver, 408 yards, um, 10.2 yards per reception. Um, and yeah, it's like you go past that point and it's, it just falls off. Like There's just yeah. not a lot of weapons on this offense. And to be fair, it's not like the Falcons are (laughs) overwhelming them either. Um, But as I look at these matchups and I'm looking at the Falcons defense, you know, Marvin Jones Jr. matching up with A.J. Terrell. Um, Mm -hmm. Marvin Jones has been in the league for, you know, several years. Uh, He's never in my mind been a true number one uh, receiver. He's always been better as a wide receiver too. And yet he's sort of in that wide receiver one role in this offense. Um, I, I think if he matches up with Terrell, the only guy that they have essentially left after you get past James Robinson is uh, uh, Cheneau. And, mm-hmm. you know, that could be a good matchup for them because the Falcons have struggled since Isaiah Oliver went down um, right. with covering those guys in the slot. Um, so to me, the, the, the key here is, um, you know, put A.J. Terrell on Marvin Jones, um, try to provide some extra help in the slot if possible, and force Trevor Lawrence to beat you through the air um, because it's not something he's been able to do consistently. He's had a good game here or there, but for the most part, he is, he's a rookie quarterback. Um, and I think the Falcons have actually done a better job of stopping the run in recent weeks since they've mm-hmm. basically gone with the super heavy defensive front with uh, guys like Anthony Rush and Mike Pinnell, uh, both you know 330 plus. Um, mm-hmm. you know, being out there on the defensive line. So I, I would suspect we'll see a lot of that because they're probably going to sell out to stop James Robinson as well. To your point, he's their best weapon. And uh, I think they have to make it a point to stop him from scoring. What, one other name to watch out for with obviously Agnew being gone. So they got to move somebody up in the lineup. T- uh, Tavon Austin, 
he's always like been like pretty athletic, but he, he was a non-participant in practice for them mm. on Wednesday with a shoulder injury. Um, so it might kind of force some other guys up and the name to watch is Laquan Treadwell, who we're probably familiar with yeah. who played for the Falcons previously. Um, he had three targets last week for them. So he may play a little bit of a larger role this week. Um, and yeah, but aside from that, I mean, you know, losing DJ Chark, um, which they did earlier in the season, kind of hurt them a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of in that thing where it's like they've got some weapons, but they're just not there um, losing Agnew and Chark and stuff. So really, you know, you can compare it to kind of the Falcon situation right? where there's just some guys there that's just not on the field. I mean, hopefully Cordero gets back, but if, you know, he's not able to play this week and Ridley, obviously, um, they're both kind of sitting in the same boat. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. We're going to talk about this Falcons offense, how it matches up against this Jags defense. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Evan Birchfield. We're previewing the Falcons' road game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We talked about the Jags' young offense and matching up with this terrible Falcons defense. <laughs> um, incidentally, to give them credit, a, a Falcons defense that held the Patriots uh, in their last game to just 19 offensive points. Um, so some credit is due there. And that's the Patriots are a good offense. So I, I think that could be a positive sign. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we'll know more once we see them in this game and see if they can actually uh, have some success and shut down uh, a much, much, much worse offense in Jacksonville. <laughs> um, but let's talk about the Falcons offense. And uh, why don't we start with some of the injury reports? Uh, I know we glossed over it a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, how are the, the Falcons have some key names that we need to monitor, especially on offense. So what does that look like, Evan? Yeah, so the only full participant was Jalen Hawkins on Wednesday, who had a um, he's got an ankle injury. Um, as I mentioned, Cordero Patterson still doing with the ankle injury, but he was limited. Um, usually that's kind of a good sign early in the week, but mm-hmm. last week, um, although it was short, uh, Cordero Patterson was limited throughout the week, went up to game time and just didn't play. So, I mean, it, it's a good sign that he's still limited and not downgraded to no participant, but it's not a sure thing that he's going to play this week either. So just kind of stay tuned on the, falcon.com and um thursday friday obviously we'll get more of a clear picture um non-participants for the day were kendall sheffield who's got a hamstring uh injury and jonathan bullard who previously was in the concussion protocol and then was able to get back but now he's dealing with an ankle injury so he's Mm. again back to not practicing um i like bullard i think in a rotational piece uh he's been good but yeah he's he's dealing with some injuries uh this season yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm with you. I like Bullard as well. Uh, so I guess the big question mark here is obviously Patterson. We saw mm-hmm. what the Falcons offense looked like uh, without him, um, it, both in the Cowboys game, because uh, I think he only got 15 snaps in that game before he yeah. ultimately exited, and then missing the Patriots game. And, and 
here's the thing, you know, I think a lot of people are piling on to Arthur Smith um, and saying, you know, he should be able to put a, a better offense on the field. And I, I don't disagree, <laughs> yeah. um, but at the same time, you know, right now the Falcons have uh, without Patterson, they have one weapon, uh, one notable weapon. It's Kyle Pitts and, and Pitts is a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Pitts gets doubled or he gets bracketed, uh, you know, he's not at that point in his career yet where he's going to know how to counter that or, you know, how to, to beat those, uh, those coverages. He'll get there over time. Um, and then you've got guys like Russell Gage, who is our wide receiver one right now, and he should probably be more like a wide receiver three in an yeah, ideal offense. Ideally, yeah. Yeah. Um, even at that, you know, he was wide receiver two coming into this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got a bunch of guys who <laughs> – Probably shouldn't be seeing significant snaps like Tajay Sharp. Uh, Alameda, I think, has been decent, has has played fairly well. Yeah. Alameda Zacchaeus. But this is not an inspiring wide receiver group. And on top of that, um, you know, Hayden Hurst is on injured reserve. He missed the Patriots game. He's going to miss this game and at least one more. Um, and right now, this is an offense that is missing, you know, several guys, several weapons for Matt Ryan to pass to. Um, and on top of that, the running game is terrible, uh, <laughs> which you know, with Mike Davis uh, really not cutting it as the lead back. Uh, Patterson's out. All of a sudden, you're, you're going down to guys like Wayne Gallman, who honestly, I think probably deserves more snaps, and Quadriolison, who did a fairly good job uh, last week. Um, and then, you know, you look at the Falcons offensive line. And here is this is the reality of this Falcons offensive line. I think they can be good, borderline good, maybe more average or serviceable, as long as they're not facing a defense that has a good pass rush. If they face a defense that has a good pass rush, um, all bets are off. It, it's Ryan will be under siege uh, you know, against the Patriots. Uh, Matt Ryan was pressured on 44% of his dropbacks, which is just ridiculous. Um, and right now, the story on this offensive line is if they can face – average to below average competition on the defensive line, they actually can give Ryan just enough time to be uh, successful. And the good news here, Evan, (laughs) is the Jags defense outside of maybe one player uh, is not particularly good at getting to the quarterback. So here's where they rank. They rank 25th in scoring defense. Um, They're 28th in sacks. So they're down at the bottom with us uh, with just 18. 26th in sack percentage at 5.2%. Um, they're 30, they're dead last in takeaways. They only have five turnovers on the year. Now, where they are very good is they're third against the run, allowing 3.9 yards per carry. Um, so as you look at this Jacksonville defense, do you feel like this is the opportunity for the Falcons offense to bounce back? Get, you know, as assuming we get Patterson back, which we're hoping that is the case, but do you feel like this is an opportunity for this Falcons offense to get back on track? If there ever was a game to do it, it would be this one. Um, <laughs> you know, also worth mentioning uh, their best corner, in my opinion, Shaquille Griffin, who was uh, formerly with the um, Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. He is in concussion protocol. Um, it's early in the week, obviously, still. But, you know, if he's not out there, that'll be big. Um, a, he's one of their best defensive players. Yeah. Uh, Miles Jack, also not not practicing for him. He's got a knee injury. Um, and then they have some other defensive players limited, uh, on Wednesday. 
Yeah, I think the big name and the player you were probably referencing is Josh Allen, who not the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, not the quarterback. He he has earned that right because he destroyed the the other Josh Allen. <laughs> yes, um, he did. <laughs> literally, the Jaguars won. I think because of him, he was all over the Bills. Uh, less lesser great apparently. Uh, Josh Allen. Um, he's got twelve <laughs> quarterback hits on the season. He he's been phenomenal for him. So I mean. Outside of him, though, um, not a lot of people scare me. I mean, Dwayne Smoot's okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not terrified of this defense. And I think for the Falcons, um, possibly not having – possibly slash likely not having their key weapons and Calvin Ridley and Patterson, um, I think it's favorable for the Falcons. Um, I think the key is going to be getting the run game going, yes. which, you know <laughs> – uh, just going off pre like previous history, it's never a great sign when a team calls up a player from the practice squad and that player becomes like a starter instantly. Um, I know Allison's not, you know, he's been with the team, you know, long enough to where some people don't consider him like an actual practice squad player, but right. he technically is. Um, but I mean, he like he looked like the best Falcons running back I've seen this season, who has it named Cordero Patterson. And that's kind of scary that they like stashed him at the beginning of the year because they saw something that thought, oh, yeah, we don't we don't want him in the lineup like Mike (laughs) Davis. If you're playing fantasy football, my article is not out yet. But spoiler, you can drop him like he's been awful. Yeah. And in a game where, you know, you last week, uh, you think he's going to play a lot of, you know, snaps and stuff because there is no Patterson. They didn't use him. Um so, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of shying away from Mike Davis. Uh, at this point, let Allison get more carries. He had nine carries for 34 yards, which isn't like the greatest thing in the world, but he looked good. Um, it's just that Patriots defense is tough and super underrated. Um, probably the most underrated defense in the NFL right now. Uh, they've been playing good football. Yep. So, yeah, uh, I'm not optimistic about this game in general, but on the Falcons side of the ball, um, I do think if they're able to get the run game going with Allison or Gallman, or if, you know, hopefully Patterson's back, I think it's very favorable for the Falcons uh, to put some points on the board and they need to, that's the key. Not, not scoring in uh, not having a touchdown in what eight quarters or whatever it is. That's (laughs) embarrassing. Like I don't care who they're playing. Like you have, you're being outscored three to 68 or whatever um, in the last two weeks. Like that's, that's so bad. Um, so if they come into this game and they don't look better, that's going to be very depressing because the last two teams, you could at least go, Oh, the Cowboys are good. Um, and, you know, arguably one of the better teams in the league mm-hmm. and the Patriots in their conference are one of the better teams. Um, the Jaguars aren't like, <laughs> like the Jaguars are awful. Yeah. They're um, in that bottom tier. They're there yeah. with the jets and the lions in that right. bottom three. Yeah. Yeah. If they lose, if the Falcons not to be overdramatic, but if Falcons lose this game, there's more issues than we thought there were. And yeah. I, that's saying a lot because I mean, we kind of know there's a lot of issues going on with this team and they lack talent, but so does Jacksonville. Like they're, they've got a lot of injuries. They weren't really that talented to begin with. So Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, this is a game the Falcons need to win. Or yeah, gonna... I don't want to say they have to, but like when it comes to confidence in this team, which I know not many people have, 
but kind of like a belief in the system of where they're trying to go. I mean, Jacksonville was talking, you know, they weren't really talking, but it was almost kind of like, you know, the Urban Meyer stuff that happened recently. Like th- this team's got so much stuff going on and it's just the Falcons just there like, oh, hey, like yeah. hopefully they're able to take advantage of this team because they're not a great team. No, no. <laughs> um, I do want to say, you know, the sometimes we have to remember or get some things in perspective, like the 2015 Falcons, um, you know, we, we tend to remember Kyle Shanahan's first few games, but by the end of that season, people were ready to fire yeah. Kyle Shanahan, um, including uh, they got absolutely walloped by the Panthers 38 to nothing um, in December. And they subsequently, or the, the previous game, they got beat by the Buccaneers 23 to 19. Um, and that was not a Buccaneers team, mind you, with Tom Brady at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, this is back in 2015. So it, not quite the offensive underwhelming uh, that we saw the past two weeks, but um, there are some parallels here. And I, I think the Falcons can bounce back. They can finish strong. Um it, especially with this game, you know, coming up and they can build for 2022 and, but it, it has to start here. You lose this game and like so many people are going to be out on this team. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm with you. Dude. Like it's not a have to win game because I, in my mind, the playoffs are out of reach. Um, right. I just, I don't, I don't see them beating the bucks, uh, the bills, um, I think they're going to struggle against the Panthers again, who are a very good pass rushing team. Uh, you know, it, this is, I, I, I still feel like seven, maybe eight wins is where this team peaks. And, you know, that's probably not going to get you into the playoffs. Um, although yeah. this, this year, who knows that NFL is so screwed this year. Um, but the one thing I want to point out, and I think this is going to be a key for the Falcons offense. They have to stay ahead of long downs. They, they cannot shoot themselves in the foot with the penalties um, which is something we saw over the past couple of games. They can't get into second long, third and long situations. Um, they need to stay ahead of the sticks or else that's where they've sort of gotten themselves in trouble, especially this offensive line. If they get into situations where it's like third and nine, third and 12, um, and it's a, it's an obvious passing down, that is where they have really fallen apart. And you see Matt Ryan get pressured. He's gotten sacked so many damn times on third downs. Uh, we saw it repeatedly in the Pats game. We saw it against the Cowboys. They have to stay ahead of the sticks. Um, they mm-hmm. have to play more discipline. I think Arthur Smith um, knows that, and he mentioned that in the press conferences this week, so about the team playing smarter. Um, all right, Evan, we've talked about the two teams, the matchups they have. Uh, give me your prediction for how you think this one's going to play out. I'm going to say Falcons 17, Jaguars um, 14. Like Ooh. it'll, I think it'll be a little closer than we'd like to see, but I mean, just having only Kyle Pitts is just, it's tough because he's a rookie. I know we're, we've seen him like dominate games, like against the Jaguars. Um, I mean the jets. Um, so we kind of expect it, but he is still a rookie. He's still growing in the position. Um, if, if Cordero's there, I think they could, you know, win by a touchdown or more, but I don't like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know yeah. that whole situation because it's kind of been weird how he was limited. And then it's like, yeah, he's, he's not playing like, cause apparently they made that decision like two hours before the game or something. But um, 
just kind of makes me nervous, the Cordero Patterson thing. If he's here, I'm going to feel a lot more confident, confident. But in my opinion, this is a must win. And I don't like to really label that often, but I think for what little fan confidence remains, this is a must win um, against the Detroit Lions later in the season. You know, you could technically say that's another must win, but I think that's a more difficult team uh, for the Falcons just because Detroit has uh, DeAndre Swift, who I think is, you know, one of the more underrated running backs in the NFL, mm-hmm. like him alone, he could make the day awful for the Falcons. Um, plus <laughs> that's a throwback game. And we just saw against Patriots, like we've they got a history. Suck. I love those uniforms, <laughs> but they suck against them. Um, <laughs> like when they wear them, they're just awful. Um, they so turn that, into the eighties Falcons, basically. It's so, yeah. It's so annoying too. Cause I, I feel like they're going to get to the point where they're like, Oh yeah, we're not wearing those anymore. Cause we suck in them. <laughs> but this is something where they need to beat the Jaguars. They just need to do it. I know there's, you know, you can say the talent, you can say Arthur Smith is his first year. I like, and I agree with all that, but this Jaguars team is so bad. Like you have to beat them. Um, If they don't, it's not the end of the world. Like they're not going to fire Arthur Smith. People shouldn't be even close to thinking that like you don't do that with the NFL um, in the NFL, unless you're the jets or something or the dolphins, I think did it before. And it's just like, it's stupid because you're just wasting, you literally wasted a year of, you know, a new head coach who's learning the system. Yep. Majority of the guys on the team were not, you know, were not added by, uh, Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith. So they're working with other people's uh, players kind of thing. So exactly. you have to give them time. Um, but with that being said, this is a game where they should win. I think at last week, the, the against Patriots, um, the Falcons defense did enough for the Falcons to win. Like the 25 to zero is a little inflated because it was, there was a pick six yep. um, and a lot of bad field position. I think against the Jaguars, you know, hopefully if that kind of defense shows up, the Falcons offense should be able to move the ball against this Jaguars defense, which is far worse than the Patriots defense mm-hmm. they faced the week before. So, yeah, I, I'm going to say Falcons win this. Um, I'm not going to say they're going to blow out the Jaguars or anything as some teams have, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a little close. But, yeah, I think the Falcons should win this game. Yeah, the odds makers think it's, it's going to be close. Um so a little bit of trivia for all of you out there. Um, who is the third highest receiver for the Falcons in receiving yards this year? Do you have any idea, Evan? Without looking. Without looking. Um, third, third, so the third most receiving yards, yep. like in general? Yeah. I mean, let's see. Mike Davis catches some – probably Mike Davis. He nope. catches some passes. It's, it's still Calvin Ridley. It's <laughs> yeah, it's Kyle Pitts, Cordero Patterson, which was the two obvious. What's Mike Davis like for? Oh, he's he's uh like he has 135 yards, so he's down the list. Oh, okay. Um, after Ridley, it's Zacchaeus with 217 yards, but yeah, mm. I, I, I point that out to point out just how um the deficient the wide receiver core is that the guy who hasn't played in four games, four straight games still is third in reception uh, receiving Gosh. yards on this team. That's yeah. like Derrick Henry. He's like second in rushing, hasn't played in like five weeks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to go on record though real quick and just say Laquan Treadwell scores this weekend. Oh, there you go. <laughs> just, to, just to sour it a little bit more. <laughs> oh my goodness, of course. Um, Falcons legend Laquan Treadwell. Um, yeah. 
my Madden my, thing, he had like 13 touchdowns. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. So, Esther, I, I think the Falcons bounce back. Um, I, I think Matt Ryan, he generally doesn't have three bad games in a row. Uh, he's been really good about sort of riding this ship pretty quickly through most of his career. There have been some exceptions, but for the most part, he does not turn in, you know, endless bad performances. I think he bounces back because um, I, I don't think he's going to be under siege as much in this game. Um, and I think I I think Patterson's going to play. Um, mm-hmm. And if he plays, I think that makes all the difference in the world, especially with, you know, as you know, that if they're missing Griffin, um, that changes the complexion of their secondary pretty dramatically. Yeah. Uh, and I'll feel a lot better about some of those matchups. So even I'm if get- Patterson's at like eighty percent, it's still better than probably what we already. Oh, have. absolutely! I'd take <laughs> Patterson at eighty percent over you know th- three quarters of the rest of the receivers. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's such a sad statement. So I'm going to say Falcons twenty-eight, Jaguars twenty. Um, mm-hmm. Falcons break uh, the Vegas odds and uh, come out with a win. So, all right, Evan, we've done the predictions. Um, So first of all, happy Thanksgiving to you, my friend, and to all of our listeners out there. Um, So why don't you remind our listeners where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me at thefalcolic.com, on Twitter, at Birchfield, Instagram, the underscore falcolic, Facebook, thefalcolic, and then Twitter, thefalcolic. Um, That's not me, just just the whole site and everything. Um, Also, I've got an article um, about Hayden Hurst. He... Uh, you know, he, he does a lot of charity stuff, but he recently did a donation um, to get a canine trained, um, which was very cool for veterans. And uh, it's up on the site if you want to read about it. It's kind of interesting. Um, also, look for the injury reports uh, throughout the week, the rest of the week, to give you an idea who's going to play this weekend. And yeah, have a happy uh, and safe Thanksgiving and, um, you know, shopping on Friday. Yeah, be careful out there, folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Falcoholic DW. Updates for this podcast at Falcoholic Pod, and of course, our articles daily at Falcoholic.com. So, for Evan Birchfield, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.